0: There we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Sinistry, and they have a new album called Civilization's Coma, which is released in November of 2020. Right now, I'm being joined by James to share some more information about this stellar release, the band coming back uh, with this stellar release, and how this year has gone for them, what the boys have been up to. So, James, welcome to yep. the show.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely it's great. Really to cool.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. Now, I guess I have so many questions, so many first questions. I need to pick a first question. Uh, okay. So you mentioned st- trying to stay sane. So take us through yeah. this year and quasi in the middle of that, my other first question is, so you guys are back. Tell us about that. And so I've kind of yeah. smashed it together in my head, James, as was this the year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was the year, I guess. Um, I don't know, man. It just kind of happened. We had um, we'd gone on hiatus in like twenty. I don't even remember. It was like 2010 2012 in between, somewhere in there. So, like, we had stayed friends because we're we're all uh, best friends and, and brothers. So, like, we're just all, always with each other, like whether we're in the band or not Um, and we'd always like toyed with the fact oh you know what we should get back together again we had like we had left stuff on a a hiatus and not like as a band breaking up Uh, you know like a different feeling as like from a breakup maybe we could like come back and We had said, I don't know, man, we had said, like, listen, we should remix some stuff, maybe we should re-release some things, maybe we should finally release something or or, uh, something new or or what have you, and we just came to the conclusion that, look, we had uh, a couple of songs that we had in demo form before we went on hiatus, and we said, we have them uh, them in in this form, let's just make good versions of them and release uh, our album, like release an album, so... We had recorded enough stuff for a full length, and then right after, as we were deciding when we were going to release things, uh, pretty much the world shut down. So we went from being uh, inactive to being like ready to release a, a full length to having to like pivot and choose a new uh, a new new path, I guess you could say, which. I mean with the pandemic and everything going on, like we had to re scramble and we were ready to release this stuff I think at the beginning of the year. Um and then like we had like pushed it to like April, so then at the beginning of March everything started closing down, so we said, Okay, well, we're gonna wait a little bit and we're gonna re evaluate the situation and, and take it from there. So that's why we delayed release until November. Um and that's it, man. We kept quiet like we kept really quiet about it until, like a month before the the EP came out. So, and we started with well, we released "Dead to Me" first as a single on on all the streaming platforms, and then uh, all three songs came out on the twenty seventh. And the the full length that we recorded actually we are going to release in uh, in batches as of songs as an EP as EPs. So,
0: okay, is this then? the first section of that or is the full length then going to start say next year?
1: No, well this is the the this is the first section of that and uh, we're going to be uh, releasing the other two I think what we're going to do is two other EPs and then from um, from those afterwards I think we're going to release the full length with the rest of the songs and maybe do like a physical a copy like either vinyl, like a limited run of vinyl or a limited run of CDs. I'm not sure. maybe both. Uh, things are still up in the air. So if we don't know that we can tour um, or do shows even locally, then I don't know, it's kind of it would be kind of useless for a band like in our situation where we're just reintroducing ourselves and like you know getting uh, ourselves re-exposed to uh, to listeners and stuff. like a lot of stuff's happened in ten years and like a lot of people people have been added to the the metal scene right so because of that we're just kind of like feeling out the the waters a little bit before we jump in and you know you drop like 12 songs and like you're you're just starting out again like people have like 12 songs and they just move on from them right so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: taking our time marketing them too like we don't want to we don't want to rush anything i mean it's been 10 years practically since uh you know, you're not going to blow uh, blow your load in the last six months, right? With <laughs> 10-year trip.
0: You are a unique man then because most men cannot hold themselves back from doing such a thing.
1: Must be all the yoga. I don't know.
0: It must be <laughs> all the yoga. Uh, you know, which brings up a really good point because I have uh, friends who are in bands. And they're like, man, we got this. We just need to release it. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're such a man. No, don't just release it. Have a plan. Hold it back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, wait for it. And so one of the questions I was going to ask is, uh, you know, why do the full length in this way with a, with some EPs, uh, gauging the market, if there's enough uh, interest for people to buy vinyl, because limited-run vinyl is expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, CDs, whatnot. Uh, but it sounds like you guys explained it. Like, hey, it's been 10 years. We are going to, uh, you know... Not postpone the release, but what is it like? We're going to hold off a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Defer, I guess. Yeah. The best way to put it. So, yeah. That's why, like, I don't know, man. And even like music consumption today, I see, um, I see like artists and other genres releasing singles or releasing like EPs or like like shorter EPs like ours, right? Like two, three songs at a time. Mm hmm. You know, like, if, I don't know, if it works for guys like Drake and stuff, why the hell can't it work for us? Like, it just primes, it primes the market and it gives, like, wets people's appetite without, like, giving them a big plate of food that they're not going to finish in one sitting, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's an amuse-bouche instead of, yeah. instead of a big Thanksgiving plate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Instead of a smorgasbord <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh, cool. Uh, One of the other things you brought up was, you know, we're reintroducing ourselves and a lot of stuff has happened in the last 10 years. And so what's that like reintroducing yourself, especially after 10 years? And that kind of leads into another question of, well, has the music industry changed that much in 10 years? 10 years doesn't kind of seem that long or has it been that long?
1: Uh, Well, reintroducing ourselves, it's, uh, it's painstaking and like there's a lot of grinding. That goes with it, especially like being in uh, like grassroots style. So like we don't have a label; we're completely independent. And I think we're probably going to stay independent, just like trying to gauge where we want to go and what we want to do and how we want to be musicians now versus ten years ago when you know we were touring across Canada and like we're doing Quebec and Ontario and the Maritimes like practically every weekend. So we were never home. Now, things have changed, and like our mentality and our goals have changed. So I think the reintroduction part of like the live shows, it'll come when it comes and we're not really worried about it, but to create like a digital footprint as much as possible, like that's the, that's the everyday grind right now with the band. And like a lot of, I feel like a lot of bands don't maybe, maybe don't realize how important it is to just like have an, uh, a footprint, like whether it's like on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, like all these things are important, but, you know, like you just have to keep uh, keep exist, like you exist for as long as you make noise, right? So if you stop making noise, you're not gonna exist anymore. And there's a hundred things that are trying to get your attention as a, as a consumer. So whether it's like another band, whether it's another type of media or, you know, it's Netflix or whatever else, you know, like we need to grab those people for like those three and a half minutes to listen to our song. And to keep listening for the next three and a half minutes, right? So it's uh, (laughs) it's uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So
0: Mm -hmm. three minute marathon, baby.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) Well, I think you just I think you just summed it up right there. Is that a lot of bands don't realize that it's not even just the three minutes? I mean, myself, I think I gave you guys two seconds because that's all I Mm -hmm. had time for.
1: Yeah, and it's that's what it, it is, man.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds ridiculous, but if I were to actually sit here for ten seconds and count out ten seconds, that's an eternity when I have a hundred emails to go through. Um, yeah, you know, and so I think one of the things you guys did, aside from really good songwriting, is that you have a really stellar production team here. Yeah. Uh, so Jean Francois, I actually had him on the show recently because he just came out with some new stuff. Yeah, uh, they did. Yeah. Uh, cool guy, and then I obviously know Christian. So take us through the production team. It says the guitars, bass, and drums were tracked with Jean Francois. Was that done in Texas?
1: No, no, it was done in Montreal. Okay, so yeah, it was like the recording was kind of like uh, a bit all over the place. So like we we tracked with uh, with JF. Um, God man, like it's it's a bit strange. Like we had tracked this stuff like a, a while ago. And then we kind of just had it in the bank and then when we finally decided to like pull the tr- trigger on it Like we ended up pulling the trigger. So like he did like jf did uh, drums bass and, and guitar mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, Christian did my vocals and then jf also mixed um, And then we also did like samples and keyboards with um, With Kevin Jardine from slaves on dope. Mm-hmm so that was uh, that was pretty cool. And like, Kevin had done our first album, Blind Eyes Bleed, like the, the entirety of it. And then we got a mix from Jeff Dan from Anonymous. So um, like this album is a, a bit like the songs are like a long time coming. So like some stuff we had like in like in demo form, I guess you can call it or like we had like kind of in the pipeline, but we never committed to them like to releasing them because we went on hiatus and uh and yeah man like they got the best out of us i think like everyone like each of those guys did like they got the the best out of our performances out of like getting it like transmitted like transmitting our energy from our live show to a recording so like we were pretty i don't know we were pretty i think we had a pretty good show like a live show and the whole scope was to take that energy and put it into the recording so that's what we tried to, to get to come across and it worked out i think it, i'm pretty happy with it
0: mm-hmm. well and especially doing it uh in pieces like that with different engineers can be incredibly hard
1: yeah yeah but luckily these guys all know each other and i guess they know what to expect from each other too because they're all so tenured and it's uh it helps man when you have like a bunch of brains that have been doing this for a long time telling you like you know like leave your ego out the door or you know maybe try a different way to to play this or for this to come through or whatnot like Chris was yelling at me like all the time and like sing higher, sing higher, sing higher you know like try this try that and- <laughs> You know, like you get into a groove when uh, when you're doing something, especially like something as ambiguous as uh, screaming or, or singing, because like you can't really see the instrument, right? Yeah. So, you know, so like it's all about feeling, and like I don't know, I, I got gotten to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just listen to this guy. He knows what the fuck he's doing. So,
0: mm-hmm. well, it's it's funny because uh, one of the other questions I get a lot is. Because I chat with bands like yourself, I chat with producers. You know, uh, we're looking for such and such a sound—vocal sound or drum sound or whatever. Uh, yeah. Do you know what plug-in they use, or do you know what they did? I'm like, yeah, the guy standing in front of the microphone.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's yeah, man. That's honestly, dude. That's the ninety-five percent of it. You know, the rest is all uh, like the other five percent is all like EQs and mixing, making sure the the stuff comes through correctly but yeah if if you can't deliver it then you're not going to be able to sound like that that's something that um actually a very good tip to give to anyone starting a band who's like just starting out in music or whatever like you could buy all these like brand name and like musicians like custom plugins or gear or whatever you're never going to sound like them because you're not them mm-hmm. you know like there's no point in being like the next so, like so-and-so you should be the first whoever the hell you are because you're you know you have no other choice like you're in that body so you might as well embrace it and wow. that's a little ambiguous but yeah Mis- do, like, just be yourself
0: mr mr yoga now on the yoga metal podcast <laughs> here we are
1: <laughs> that's me man i'm very chill i'm very zen until very zen. i'm
0: not. <laughs> sweet uh cool so we'll go into corpse pose here and we'll talk about a few things um mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing is, because it's called Civilization's Coma, I was wondering if this had anything to do with the year 2020, but it sounds like, lyrically, this may not have anything to do with... No. Okay.
1: Yeah, it kind of just happened. Like, I mean, the idea, I guess, was very... I don't know, man. It was, like, very much like my interpretation of how like, the modern world is. and Maybe not even the modern world. Maybe we've been like this for a long time, but I feel like a lot of um, communication and, like, um day-to-day uh going's on going ons between like people and it's very much on autopilot. So like you know you're compassionate to someone that's speaking to you or in front of you up until like they're out of your sight and at that point like whatever, you know, like you you could care less type of thing, you know? So or like, like this dude. interview James. Nah nah. nah, nah. <laughs> but uh yeah, dude, it's it's stuff like that, dude. I I, I, I... Just saw like so much so much stuff like so much apathy from people and like in general and I just had to like take that experience and put it into into a song and it's so apropos for 2020 right so mm-hmm. that's probably why the first EP was uh was based on on this song so yeah it's a whole lot of um it's a whole lot of stuff mixed in together but it fits into the mold of 2020 so
0: <laughs> that it does uh, You mentioned apathy from people And I know earlier you mentioned uh, Going on a lot of tours And yeah. I imagine Is that is that where you felt a lot of apathy from people Where for the time that maybe you're in town They're your best friend But then as soon as you leave You never hear from them again kind of thing
1: mm, No, when we were on tour Everyone was generally cool to us Even like after the tour Like we would try to keep in touch with uh, With everyone as much as we could um they would try to keep in touch with us which was pretty cool so like when we were touring MySpace was uh was a yeah. hot thing so you could yeah. imagine like the the time frame we're talking here so mm-hmm. we would were, we were try to keep in contact man you know like and most people were generally gen- genuinely cool and like stayed cool even after we left town but you know it's it's other things too man it's like just the way like society might be structured, you know, like we have to, you know, you look out for yourself and, and whatnot, but there's a certain sense of compassion that you should have. I, I don't know. Personally, I think like people should have a sense of compassion because they want to be compassionate, not just because it's expected in uh, in a social setting, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, like you maybe see someone else's point of view and, and not really like come from a, come from a of insecurity when you react to people so right yeah
0: man but then if i understand them but my opinion creates me as an ego but then mm-hmm. i no longer have that opinion because i have two op- where do i go
1: well you have to do what's true to you so <laughs> you can't you can't lose yourself being compassionate <laughs> to other people but you have to also like not I don't know, man. You can't jam the knife into someone because they're like, "Oh, well, I think uh, the sky's red. Well, the sky's blue." But whatever, you know. If you think it's red, cool. You know, you're not hurting anybody. But well, you know, th- there's some things like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta gauge. But the base level is like create like some form of compassion. Don't be an asshole, type of deal. Yeah. I so, yeah, I mean, I,
0: th- I thought the sky was gray, James, but uh... well, right
1: now it is. So we're, <laughs> we're on the same side. <laughs>
0: For sure. Now, something you mentioned was working on a bunch of vocals with uh, Chris. So I'm curious, uh, did that change your vocal style at all? Did that change anything about the way you do vocals now? Or was it just sort of fitting, kind of like stuff you were already doing, you just never really tried it in the recording before?
1: Yeah, I'd never tried it in the recording before. And it was... uh, um I don't know, I, we took like some time to, to really like dive in. So he let me do a couple of like dry runs through the song with a couple of different uh, vocal textures. Cause like my main thing live was always like, um, like a medium pitch growl, a little bit of like a lower like death growl and um, and inhale screams. So like mm-hmm. we started on that, like we got like some layers and ideas on on how to place so those within the song, like from what I would do live. And then from there, like he would prod me a little bit and be like, "Okay, you know what? Here, try this. Here, try that. Here, you gotta sing higher. Here, you gotta sing higher." He's like, "Okay, now go freaking low. Go as low as possible." And it just like it opened up like some uh, some textures and some and like a range that uh, that I hadn't really exper- experimented with too much live because it's like you know you're you're used to singing a certain way or like playing a certain way when you're in the studio and you could you see that like, okay, well, I have time to do this time to perfect it, you know, like this, like this time is just for me to, to sing that, uh, that helped. So yeah, I was basically taking what I had and like just supercharging it. And like kept those, uh, those lessons, you know, like, so I always hear his voice now. Like when I record demos at home, uh, I always hear Chris's voice in my head, <laughs> in my head. So, <laughs> well, that's what a good producer does. Um, now, what, I guess
0: one of my other questions was: It sounds like this year's quasi gone to plan, mm-hmm. minus minus shows and touring. Yeah. Uh, so, what does this year look like for you guys? Since you haven't done any of the touring, and uh, it sounds like the majority of the the music is already done, so how has this year looked for you guys? What have you guys done with uh,
1: with the COVID situation? So, we took advantage of uh, working from home. So, like as far as like our day jobs go like we all uh work from home pretty much um and we each set up a little studio so that we could uh write and record some basic ideas and like some scratch tracks and stuff like that um and i think we have enough material until 2023 all right like to like yeah we've been writing man like I have like Mike like I don't play guitar but I have a guitar and I have my <laughs> guitarist guitar here he'd kill me if I touched it but whatever sometimes I video call him and I like I'm petting the guitar so I'm just freaking out a little bit but I'm yeah we it. uh oh, oh dude that's exactly what I did the other <laughs> day I sent him uh, a video of me like like petting it and saying I held her in my arms last night so yeah but, uh, yeah, man, we've just been writing ever since, like, we had, like, these songs and, like, ready to go and, like, on hold to release. Like, we actually uh, have been writing, I think we have, oh, my God, I think we have, like, at least 20 songs. So, we don't know how we're going to release them, like, if it's going to be full length or what, like, depending on the outside world. But, uh, I mean, man, like, we have them in demo version and pre-production and, like, I think just some polishing and uh, and some nice mixing and they'll be ready to go. But yeah, we have got a lot of stuff and we have like another little secret project that that we have that's, um yeah whatever I don't know it's a secret project. I don't know what it, I don't know if like that's as as much as I could say. But if I <laughs> if I keep talking, you got like anyone could figure it out if I keep talking. So oh no, it's yeah, a little right. extra bonus thing. Yeah.
0: Okay, beautiful. Well, and the cool thing about today that. I guess couldn't have been done in twenty ten, uh, mm-hmm. is you guys can do what you're doing now. You can sit yeah. in in home studios, record everything into your version of Pro Tools or whatever you're using. Uh yep. even on your even on your iPhone or an iPad, doesn't even matter. Yeah. And then you could send them off to Chris or J F and they could do their thing in their studio with their equipment and boom you're done.
1: Yeah yeah it's crazy man it's honestly like one of the most liberating experiences as uh as a musician like it's kind of strange though like i'm sitting here like alone composing and like the guitar parts for me like i play like i play them like very sloppily and then paul has to like tighten everything up right Like he plays the actual uh the actual stuff um but yeah it's so crazy man like i could just sit here and record a song and send it to the guys and be like here's a hear some vocals, tell me what you think, you know, and then like at my leisure, I could re-record whatever parts aren't, you know, aren't the best or whatever, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, like in 2010, uh, it was a lot more expensive, I think, to, to get started like this, and I don't think like all four of us would be able to be able to set something up like this so easily and so com- like compactly too, like my office uh, is pretty small where I record, so, uh, man, it's just a computer, a couple of screens, a mic, and uh, and the interface, and whatever software is on the on the computer. So, it's good stuff, man.
0: Mm-hmm. And the voice in your head.
1: Yeah, and the voice in my head, Chris, yelling
0: higher, higher, brother, higher. That's right. Beautiful. Okay, so. James, we chatted about this new EP, Civilization's Coma. We chatted about the other EPs that are going to be coming up, potentially some vinyl, mm-hmm. potentially some CDs. Um, we have chatted about coming back from hiatus. We even chatted about MySpace, which made a single tear come down my eye because...
1: There you go. Top eight, brother. That's
0: right. <laughs> Those were the good days. Uh, and then uh, lyric videos for Civilization's Coma and Dead to Me will be available in today's show notes. Uh, I've got your guys' Twitter page, uh twitter.com SinistryMTL. That will also be in today's uh, show notes. And nice. yeah, we chatted about this year what's coming up. Is there anything that I missed that you wanted to chat about?
1: Um No, I don't think so. No, no, I'm joking. Uh we actually <laughs> have uh we actually have an idea um for music video for Civilization's Coma at the beginning of uh, 2021. So hopefully we go into production of that uh, probably in middle of January, so it should be ready probably beginning of February. I think that's the timeline we're really looking at. And, uh, and yeah, man, that's I think the last uh, piece of the puzzle for now. The rest is just us being uh, ourselves in writing then. Like we've been We've been writing. All we've been doing is writing. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I've never written so much stuff that we know we're going to use. Uh, it's because, like, you know, like you write so, you know, you can write a, a riff or two and then you're like, yeah, it's cool. And you revisit it like a day or two later. And you're like, nah, nah, this is not going to make the cut. But like we, I guess all the time marinating at home, you know, like and our wives haven't killed us. So that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm That helps, you know, Uh, and that's that, man. We're uh, hopefully going to be doing a print run of of some merch, too, very soon, like some T-shirts and and hoodies. I don't know. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on on a lot of stuff.
0: Okay. Very excited to have to come down the pipeline, and then we'll have you guys on again um, when the next batch of stuff comes out. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, James, that concludes my questions. So thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today.
1: Awesome, John. Thanks for having me, man. Really love it. Thanks, bro.